What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of The Night Shift. What's up, everybody? I hope everybody's doing well today. As always, I'm your host, Zach Hernandez, and I'm back with another episode. And today I got my boy Shay DeFalco from the third and long NFL podcast. Say what's up, bro. Thank you for having me. How you doing? Yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. I'm doing well. Hope you are, too. Um, I'm definitely excited to get talking about we got a busy slate of all the stuff we want to talk about because obviously we're in the NFL playoff NBA playoffs right now and there's a lot going on. Um, But before we jump into it, I'm gonna put you on a spot real fast um, and just ask you a couple of questions just so you know people can kind of get to know who they're listening to and all that. So I know the answer to this one, but what teams do you root for? Yeah, uh, I'm a I'm a Boston sports fan. I mean, I'm from Connecticut. Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, Bruins. Uh, big Celtics fan, uh, big Patriots fan. I mean, I, I talk mainly about football on my podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm from or from around Boston. I'm a diehard sports fan. Heck yeah, man! Like we were talking about before the show started. You know, I'm from the Bay Area, and you're from the Boston area, and. You know, we got the probably the winningest areas in all of sports, oh, yeah. man. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear no L.A. It's, it's no San Francisco. It's Boston. I mean, you might be able to say a little bit of L.A. I mean, the Lakers, the Dodgers, they're, they win, yeah. but they don't get the rings. So. Yep, exactly. Um, what? Who are your favorite players in the league? What players do you like? Uh, which league? Just all of them? Yeah, like NFL, NBA, since those are your main two. But I mean – it sounds crazy enough for the NBA since I'm a Celtics fan, but I've always been a I've always been a huge Kyrie fan. Kyrie <laughs> used to be one of my favorite players. Um, came to Boston, I was ecstatic. Kind of went off a little bit, not how we wanted it to, but yeah, no, I mean, I I just love how Kyrie plays. Uh, football, big Jameis Winston fan. I, I like to stay like for my favorite for my favorite like players. I like to stay away from my teams a little bit when I'm saying this. Yeah. Everyone's got their favorite players on their own team, but. Jameis Winston, I think he's incredibly underrated. I thought he was in Tampa Bay. Love him in New Orleans. And then, yeah, I mean, baseball, you know, my, my Red Sox players, my Dustin Pedroias, you know, I love, love yeah. Dustin Pedroia, but yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting to hear Jameis Winston. I think that's so yeah, fire, no, I, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, very, it's very weird, man, but I, I just have a – I just think the guy's hilarious. I think he's actually – I think he's very solid. I personally, yeah. but yeah, I, I just, I just like the guy. Yeah, dude, that's sick. Um, and one more question I'll ask you a little different. Who do you think the clutchest player in the NBA is right now? Mm, see, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm one of those, I'm one of those guys who thinks like clutch is like, I don't think clutch is a myth, but I think clutch is like, if you're, if you're good, you're going to be clutch in my opinion. There's some guys who fold a little bit. Like, I, I mean, there's some, there's some guys who fold, but Pure fourth quarter clutch, 
I think there's Kyrie, I think there's Curry, and then I think there's KD. I think there's those three guys right there who I think of at the top of my head. Yeah, that's tough to argue with those three, dude. Probably the clutchest players in the league. Um, yeah. Or at oh, least and they're book. all up book's there. A, book's a good closer, too. Book's up there, too. And Damian Lillard. I always like to say Dame, too. I always like to talk about him. But yeah. Uh, no, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> with that final shot, at least, when he goes to that final shot. But right on, man. Appreciate you answering those. But let's hop into it. Um, so I know we're a little – I know this happened a couple days ago, and we've already had a game after it, but – Obviously, Ja Morant got injured in game three of the series. And uh, a lot of people were trying to say that Jordan Poole was the one who injured him. And it was a dirty play. And Poole should have got the same treatment as Dylan Brooks. And he should have got suspended or whatever. Um, So that was kind of big in the news. That was covered some headlines. So what do you think about that? Do you think that was really a dirty play by Jordan Poole? Uh, uh, That one's tough. I think it was a little bit unorthodox. I mean, he's push, he pushed Ja the other way and then, I mean, yanked his knee a little bit. I don't think it was intentional. Definitely could have came off as dirty. I don't, I, I don't know. But losing Ja, like just because it's Ja, I think it's a, it's a headline. But losing Ja, I mean, is going to lose them that series. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I, think, I, think, I don't think it's dirty because it wasn't intentional. If it looked a little bit more intentional, then I would have said, yeah, that, that is dirty. Yeah, it was kind of a tough play to grade because it, it was kind of weird. Um, but I don't really think it was dirty or anything like that. I think a lot of people are blowing it out of proportion. I think after the Draymond's flagrant and then Dylan Brooks getting ejected, which that was dirty. But after those two things, I think a lot of people are just trying to search for dirty plays now just because, you know, there's a lot of Warrior haters out there. And I try to keep my bias out yeah. of it. But I think a lot of people yeah. do hate the Warriors now. I mean, they've always, they hate the Warriors. They've hated them for years now. And, you know, they love Ja, and Ja's become one of the most loved players in the league. Um, so they're searching for reasons. But I don't even think that play, that Jordan Poole, when he kind of, like, grabbed his knee, and it looked a little weird, but I don't even think that was the play that really injured him. I think there was a play early on in the game that Clay pump faked, and then Ja came flying by and, like, hit his knee on clay. It was like this totally weird situation, but that's what I think actually injured him because he was limping after that. I think maybe Jordan Poole kind of tugging on his leg may have aggravated it a little bit, but in no world should he have gotten suspended for that. So I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, I did see that clip. I did see that clip where Ja was jumping in. I mean, he, he loves doing that freakishly athletic stuff. He gets the headlines. He, I mean, you, mm-hmm. you, I don't know if you saw this, but there, he tried to, like, contest a shot, and he just jumped as high as he could, and he was, like, halfway <laughs> up the shot clock, it seemed like. But, yeah, no, that that, that is definitely, like, the, the pump fake on Clay is definitely what started it, like, when he landed. That, that definitely tweaked it. And then I think the pool thing kind of – just just mess with it a little bit more it's it's it certainly is a reason why he's hurt but i just i just don't like i said before i just don't think it's intentional yeah i think there was probably a problem before that like underlying issue with it because if there was nothing wrong with his knee and jordan Poole did that i mean i don't think that's even possible for someone to completely injure a knee just by kind of tugging on it like that but you know, obviously we don't like to see anybody get injured. So, you know, hope he gets well soon. And I'd like to beat them full strength rather than short man. But, you know, Always. it is it is what it is. Uh, hopefully he gets better. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people are talking about how that's a dirty play, but I don't even think so at all. Um, this series has been filled with physicality, as we know. Like I said, there's been 
besides yesterday, there was a player thrown out every game. Game one was Draymond with his flagrant. Game two was Dylan Brooks with his flagrant. And then Kyle Anderson got thrown out in game three. Um, and it's just been it's just been kind of a crazy series and super entertaining. Um, but last night, you know, as a Warrior fan, I'm obviously watching and hoping that they can continue their momentum from game three because they played absolutely crazily. But that was probably, and I've watched a lot of Warrior games, that was probably the worst or a bottom three worst game I've actually ever seen them play. Did you end up watching that game? Yes, I, I watched. Okay, so I started from the from tip, obviously, and then that first half was completely unwatchable to me. That was bad. I mean, uh, I checked before the podcast. The second quarter was 18 to 17. Like that's bad. That's the like second. The second quarter is usually when teams score the most points, and it was eighteen to seventeen. It was bad. It's been a very uh, that was a very ugly game. Yeah, I like I said, probably one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. And the Warriors were lucky that Memphis wasn't playing all that great either, because the Warriors should have got blown out. They played worse than Memphis did. They should have got destroyed by like thirty. Um, they were in the game all game. They were just always down by like six or two and then like nine, but they were always in it. They were never like getting destroyed. Um, but, you know, obviously I have so many takeaways from this game. And the first one is I'm a huge Clay Thompson fan, obviously, especially as a Warrior fan, but I love Clay Thompson. He's probably my favorite player in the league. But man, he is playing rough, very rough game. Oh, man. Oh, it was ugly, dude. I mean, and not it's not like it's just been that game, but I mean he shot six for 20. And I think I think game two, he shot five for 20, if I'm not mistaken, or five for 21. But the the biggest thing for Clay is that I think back when before he got injured, the biggest thing for him was that he just never forced anything. Everything kind of was natural. He wouldn't dribble, he wouldn't really try to create. It was just catch the ball and then he just shoots it. Everything seems yeah. so forced now, man. What do you think about Clay? Yeah, so for the first for the first round of like every series, obviously, I'm not gonna get around for all those games. There's just there's just so many of them, right? And it's like Clay Thompson, he I think I I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but he he performed very well against Denver, did he not? Yeah, no, I he was playing great. And I'm looking at it, I'm I'm looking at it right now. First four games, he's six of nine. 19, 5 of 19, 8 of 14, 6 of 20. And that's 36% from the field, 28% from three. And I didn't know if it was just a me thing because earlier, like just out of curiosity, I was checking Clay Thompson's playoff stats from this year. And they looked fine. They, 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 the stats looked fine. It must have been boosted from the Denver series. But it, it was just something on the back of my head. Like he just does not look right at all. Like he just doesn't look like Clay Thompson. I don't know if it's, the, if, if it's Memphis getting to him what it is, but he's having a really bad series. And it's not even like it's just decent. It's just a bad series altogether from him. Yeah, he's – I mean, he's playing – he's like a liability for the Warriors right now. Like you said, it's not like he's just playing decent, not up to his old standards. He's playing bad, like awful. Yeah, his only good game was the game that wasn't even close. You guys put up 150 on him pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want to say – I mean, it was it was an empty stat game, which I'm not going to say that. But if you want to say it was an empty stat game, you can say that. And the three games that were all close, one-point game, five-point game, three-point game, he just hasn't shown up. Yeah, not at all. He, he takes too many shots now. And it seems like he tries to take these shots that are just the Warriors with their 
they've always been known for their great passing. They're able to create open looks, but Clay is just forcing these shots that have no business being shot. And he's just bricking them, man. And obviously he probably has the mentality, like, because he's such a great shooter that he can just shoot himself out of a slump, which he probably can, but it's costing us right now. Yeah, no, and, and that is Clay Thompson, though. It's it's like he's going to chuck it up, and he's just that good of a shooter <laughs> to where most of the time it's going to fall. Like, I remember watching his debut, and I didn't watch too many Warriors regular season games. I mean, it's the, across the country for me. I don't get to see all of them unless it's prime time. <laughs> but I did see the debut, and it's just that man was just chucking, and, and I didn't expect him to go out and put up 30, 30 points on efficient shooting, but he was just chucking it up, and, and that's what he looks like. He looks like just off the injury coming back clay thompson right now and that's just not who he is like like i said excluding the 30 point game this guy is five of 29 from three clay thompson and i'm fully expecting him to turn it around i I do not expect him to put up a stinker of of an entire series so yeah i i hope he does i don't i don't really know what to expect from him anymore um not saying that at some point he won't turn around because I do think he will, but I think that could even just be next season. I mean, he might have to take this whole entire rest of the playoffs to find his rhythm, I guess. Um, but, you know, shooting six for 20 and five for 19 and six for 19 is just bad. And that just hurts your team. You know, um, I think mm-hmm. they're trying to, they're trying to force him to get looks that just aren't there. And Clay Thompson's game has never been forced. It's always been fluid and that's how the Warriors always play. But, when you got Clay just, just shooting every time he gets the ball, I mean it's it's not gonna end well for him. So yeah, I uh, I hope they could turn. I hope he could turn it around. I full I fully expect him to. Uh, he 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 has to. I mean it's a, you're up three one. You gotta close out the series on a good note for Clay, or it'll just he'll he'll just be going into another series in the Western Conference Finals against whoever comes out of that series is a really, really good team. Yep. And you got, you, you have to, I, I really don't think either of those teams have the wing depth uh, defensively that mm-hmm. Memphis has, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikhail Bridges, I'd assume will probably, I guess Mikhail Bridges would probably be on him if the Suns come out of that series. So yeah, yeah, he, he's, he's not really, it's not really getting easier for him is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely not going to get easier. It's only going to get tougher. But, you know, as we know, Clay Thompson, he could shoot better than almost anybody in the world. So hopefully he can find that again. Yeah, um, we're talking about Clay Thompson here, not Jay Crowder. Yeah, we don't have yeah. to be worried about any of that. <laughs> yeah, stuff, yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. A um, few other takeaways I've had is I'm a big Jonathan Kaminga fan. I, I love Jonathan Kaminga. I think he's going to be a star soon. And I think he can contribute now. And he can. I mean, he proves it. Uh, you know, whenever he plays and gets significant minutes, he's putting up numbers and he's helping us on the defensive end. He's scoring the ball and it's usually pretty efficient. So yesterday, the Warriors lineups have just been crazy because they haven't found the right starting lineup yet. We've started like four or five different lineups as playoffs already. Yeah, I thought you had the right one with Gary Payton and then. Well, we did. Yeah, Man. I thought that was the right one. Uh, we uh, had yeah, I agree. With How you. long is he out for? He said it was like three to five weeks. So if we made the finals, he may be able to return. But at that mm. point, I don't even know. Um, but that one hurt, man. I, I won't forgive Dylan Brooks, even though I will say real fast that, you know, as much as I was pushing for another game suspension, I'm kind of glad he didn't get suspended because. <laughs> oh, yeah. That no, guy that was. was, that was brutal. <laughs> 
he, he shot five for 19. I mean, he kind of canceled out clay, I guess. And he was, he was helping us out so much. I mean, he was turning the ball over too. Um, we got, we got lucky, man. He had four turnovers and he looked bad. I, I have a, okay. So I'm looking at Dylan Brooks because that guy, I, I think he thinks that the Grizzlies is his team for some reason. And he is shooting 16% from the field in this series, 16, 15% from three. He is, he went three of 13, zero of three, five of 19. Wow. So bad. He is eight of 35. No, yep. he, no, he's actually, he's actually like killing the Grizzlies. Yeah. Killing them. He is. And I'm so thankful. Um, that's what he gets. He's a good defender, at least. <laughs> yeah. And that was his main goal was to go in there and probably be the main guy guarding Steph. Um, but man, he, he's not putting the ball in the basket. So keep doing that, Dylan all. Brooks. But, and he shoot and he shoots like he's Clay Thompson as well. He, he, he thinks he's Clay Thompson when he's putting up yeah. that shot, but he's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but anyways, back to Kaminga. So like I was talking about the starting lineups, we've been, you know, our starting lineups have just been up and down. They've been different almost every game. And we started Kaminga in game three and four last night. So we started him last night, which I love. I love John Lee Kaminga. And then he played the first five minutes of the game, goes out, and he never comes back. <laughs> he didn't come back a single time. So I was so confused. And obviously, Steve Kerr has Corona, so he wasn't in the he wasn't there coaching. It was our assistant, Mike Brown. And I don't know if that was a thing that him and Kerr were discussing beforehand, like, hey, don't bring Kaminga back into the game. But I would think that when all of your players are completely off and missing their shots and sloppy and there's turnovers everywhere. Why would you not bring in Kaminga who has proven to be efficient and very helpful when he's in the game? Yeah. My, my take on that, my take on that is that like in the playoffs, obviously you're going for matchups. And I think, I think every every team in the playoffs right now has a, has a, has two guys that they're compete or that compete for a spot, and I think Kaminga's guy is Otto Porter. So I think whatever it was Mike Brown yesterday, right? Yep. I think whoever plays better on that day is going to get those minutes. Like for example, like the Bucks, that's George Hill and Javon Carter. Like whoever plays, they're both going to get stints, and whoever plays better on that first stint is going to play the rest of that game uh, minutes wise. So I think that's what he was doing. If not, then I don't know what was going on. I don't see the point of starting him unless he's playing five minutes. But I doubt Kaminga gets the start now. But I'm not. I'm not sure. It's it, it's tough. The NBA is weird. It's all matchup based. It is all matchup based. And you know, the first three games of the series, he played 15 minutes, 14 minutes, and 17 minutes. Um, and then he comes out and plays five. And I totally get it because Porter has been the last two games at least. He's been hitting his shots and he's been crucial for us. Um, which is crazy because I was talking a lot of smack about Porter. I wasn't a big fan of him um, yeah. in the previous round. But the thing that kind of bothers me is is Damian Lee got 13 minutes, and he was in there for a, a lot. And Damian Lee's a nice guy, I guess, That's but <laughs> he has no business being out there for 13 minutes in a playoff game, especially a close one. Yeah. How are, Do you know how much like the most the Grizzlies led by in that game? It was like 10 or 11. I don't think they ever, I don't think they ever got past 11, maybe 12. But yeah, other, it wasn't because if it was like 15 to 20, I would have said maybe like it was for a spark or something. But if it's yeah. 10 to 11 points, it cannot be for a spark. You need to be playing to get that, to get the comeback. I don't know. That's weird though. The whole Damian Lee thing. 
Yeah, and it's not like they were even leading for 11 points like for a long time. Like it was just kind of quick, you know, they'd be up by 11 and they'd only be up by eight, you know. So it wasn't like they were steadily up by 11 all game. And, you know, Damian Lee really has no uh, positives in his game. They, they say he's a no, good shooter and all. And, you know, I guess he, his shooting is probably his best aspect, but that's pretty sad if that's his best, if that's his best trait in the, as a basketball player because mm-hmm. he's not a good shooter. Um, so he's really yeah, Kerr, Kerr would not. Have, I could say it right now, Kerr is not putting Damian Lee in that game. I don't. Well, I hope not, and I don't think so. I think that was the game he. Well, he did get. He also got 14 minutes the game before. Um, but other than that, Steve Kerr's been pretty good about not playing Damian Lee, and that was my biggest complaint about Steve Kerr during the season was he played him a lot. Then towards the end and in the first round, especially, he didn't really play him at all. Um, but he comes out and plays 13 minutes while John Lee Kaminga is only playing five. Damian Lee shoots one for six, so it's not like he's supplying us with any offense. Guy's probably yeah. the worst defender in the entire NBA, so he doesn't give us any defense. So that's that was my biggest complaint. I mean, from like from an outside perspective, I could have sworn like like last year, maybe the year before, like was Damian Lee like not like a solid role player? He was. Uh, it was kind of weird like because, decent. yeah, he was. You're right because, you know, obviously those last these last two years for the Warriors have been really weird. And he got a significant amount of playing time, especially in the year when everyone was injured in 20, uh, 2020. Um, oh, yeah, it was a weaker team. So he yeah, – I, was, I mean, we're, we're starting like him, Kai Bowman, like all – Kai <laughs> that, Bowman. What a mess of a team that was. But, um, you know, he was getting a lot of playing time, and he was probably one of the better players on the roster at that time, actually yeah. getting minutes. So, you know, he was solid. And even last year, he played decent. And there was times where – he was actually putting up really good numbers where I was like, maybe he should get more minutes. But now that he's kind of back to his role and we we got pool Steph and Clay, he's got no business. There's no need for 13 him to be minutes. playing. He played 13 too, too many minutes. That's what that, yeah. that's what that yeah. was. Exactly, dude. Um, especially when you're only giving John Lee Kaminga five. So and I, yeah. I, 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 I Kaminga's number Kaminga's per 36 numbers have to be insane. I swear that guy plays like 10 yeah. minutes and I'll get like 14 points. Yeah. Uh, when when at the beginning of the year when he was just getting straight garbage time minutes, that guy was just scoring like eight points in four minutes, like something like that. It was crazy. Guys are just yeah. insane. Yeah, you're right. I mean, his per 36 numbers probably are nuts, dude. Because I mean, he even got he got 18 points in, in the big game in game three. He shot eight for 10, scored 18 points in 17 minutes. So he got over a point a minute. And I mean, what more can you ask from a rookie, dude? I mean, he's that's he's doing his job and Kaminga's going to be so special for the Warriors. And I think now's the perfect chance to, you know, put him in the game. Yeah, I thought he I thought that dude shot bricks. It says he's 34 percent from three as a 19 year old. That's insane. That's really, yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For someone that young to come in here on. Yeah, a, on he a was rock. not supposed to go in and shoot 34 percent. But I guess if you're practicing every day with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, that's what you get from it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, another takeaway I have from this game is or just from the series in general so far has we touch, I touched on a little bit earlier was Porter um, in his last two games. He's been hitting his shots and there was one point in the last game where I was like, Otto Porter, I trust him the most right now to shoot a three, which is absolutely wild to say when I have yeah. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole out there. But I did. I trusted Porter to, to hit the three ball because he was making it. He shot four for seven uh, and four for six from three. And then in the game before that, he shot five for seven and three for five from three. So, 
you know, he's not shooting a lot, but he was making a shot. So I'm very thankful because without Porter, I don't even know if we win that game. Yeah, no, no, he played very, he played very well. Think about like Otto Porter is like a very weird player because he's like he got that really, really bad contract from Washington, I'm pretty sure. And it's just everyone's just overlooked him ever since. Like that's the worst contract in basketball right now. But he was always a good player. He just obviously was not going to put up a max contract numbers. Um, but he was always a really good role player. And then no one wanted to give him that contract. And then the Warriors hopped in and they were like, yeah, we'll give you a minimum. Just play with us. And yeah. the guy's actually pretty solid. He's always been able to shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially in the beginning of this season, I really liked him and he was doing his thing. And then he started to slow down and I was like, this guy can't defend, but he also can't shoot anymore, I guess, because he just wasn't making his shots. But, you know, I guess I spoke a little too soon and, you know, he's, he's been really solid the past two games. So super stoked for that. And someone else who's been really solid and super consistent this playoffs has been Andrew Wiggins. Um, his offense and defense and his rebounding has been amazing, dude. Um, I'm super stoked for Wiggins. What do you think? Yeah, no, I really like the se- the second he went to Golden State, he just became like he was he was a liability on defense to say the least. To say the least. And then as soon as he got to Golden State, that guy became average, and now he's just a good. He's a really good defender, I think. Yeah. And that's like my favorite thing about him because he was always going to put up 25 a night in Minnesota. He was always going to put up. 18 to 20 a night in uh, Golden State. And now he's doing it on the biggest stage. And it's just like, yeah, like, I'm happy for him because I because I really like him. Yeah, I love it too, man. I mean, he's put up 17 points in each game and one of them we put up 16 this series Um, and his rebounding, 10 rebounds, nine and eight rebounds. So, you know, he's been out there. He's been doing his thing. He's been shooting the ball well. He's been defending at a high level because he can do that now. Like you said, he was a total liability on defense in Minnesota. Um, I remember seeing a stat that said he was like bottom 10 of all time in defensive rating or something that bad, like. that bad. And to have like that type of consistency in the playoffs from, I mean, I know he was an all-star starter, but from like an, an outside guy, that's not yeah. clay or Steph because clay and Steph are going to do going to do theirs, or at least they should. And to have that overall consistency, like for the uh, Grizzlies to have to pay attention to Andrew Wiggins alongside Steph and Clay to have him in the back of their mind, that is, that is very big for the Warriors. And I, I think he's a very big reason as to why the uh, Warriors are up 3-1 right now. Definitely. And uh, one last thing I'll, I'll say about this series, and then we'll move on to another, is just this has been the Warriors' issue for even during the championship days, even when Kevin Durant was there and, you know, the past seven years, the Warriors got sloppy and they turned the ball over. And that's been their biggest issue for so long. And holy criminy, dude, last night was disgusting. Um, They ended with 16 turnovers, which is honestly pretty good for them, which is sad because I've always I always tell my friends, I'm like, I hope the Warriors just get under 15 turnovers. That's like my goal for them. And that's so bad. But, you know when you got Draymond and Steph getting super reckless and careless with the ball and kind of trying to be nonchalant with it and they just start throwing it around, that gets so frustrating to watch because they do it so much. Yeah. The thing with the, the thing with the Warriors too, it's like, if you're making the lazy sloppy turnovers, then yeah, that's obviously the huge problem. But 
like ever like everyone knows like the Warriors have like one of the most complex offenses in the league right now. And it's like if you're t- turning it over in the offense, that's fine. Like you can live with that because there's more positives than there are negatives in the offense. But when you're making like sloppy plays, when you're like at the top of the key and you pass and then run away and then it's just a fast break on the other side, that that just can't be happening. That that'll lose you a game and potentially mm-hmm. lose you a series. But the Warriors are that good to where it's like they can make up for it. Yep, definitely. So with all this being said, Warriors are up 3-1. They play tomorrow um, in Memphis for game five to try and win the series and go to the Western Conference Finals. What are you thinking? How do you think this series ends? Um, I don't think it goes seven. I, th- I think the Warriors do take it. I'm just, str- I'm just struggling to know if Memphis has it enough or has like the guts enough to pull it out at home and then try to take it back to Oracle. But I I, th- I think I think the Warriors finish. I think the Warriors finish it tomorrow. They play tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah, I think they take it in five. And, I, and I'm not gonna lie, like I, I was rooting for uh, Memphis just because I wanted like the entire playoffs to have a two-two series. But that's just me in like with an outside perspective. But yeah, I expected I expected the Warriors to run through them, and they should they should run through them. So even though all the games have been close except for one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and Memphis, obviously, they're they're no joke, obviously, and they've given no, us some trouble. Um, but I think the Warriors are going to get it done tomorrow, regardless if Jaw plays or not. Um, you know, I, obviously, I don't see them shooting that bad again or just playing that bad of a game. I don't think that's going to happen. Same thing with the Grizzlies. I don't think they're going to play that bad of a game either. I think it's going to be another bloodbath. But, you know, I think at the end, the Warriors are going to take it. Um and I hope they do, man. I, I really would want this series to end so we can get some rest. And hopefully, you know, I, I know Steve Kerr's not going to be there for game five. They said it's looking really unlikely. So I don't know how that's going to affect us. But given the Warriors tomorrow night to wrap up this mm-hmm. series. Yeah, but if, if it does, if it does end tomorrow, like that was, that was such a good year for Memphis, though. Like that was oh, yeah. two seed, two seed in Jaws second year or yeah, second year um third year third year my bad third year player and uh that i mean they just completely turned around they went from a playing team to the two seed immediately they're playing the warriors they're competing with the warriors yeah um yeah no i i I fully expect them to be right back in this situation next year for sure definitely a positive year for them um let's talk about another series that has been super interesting because I didn't really expect it to be like this. The Suns and the Mavs, it's currently 2-2. They play tonight. Um, And, you know, my prediction when this series began was Suns and five. That's already – that can't happen anymore because it's 2-2. And do you think that Dallas has a legitimate shot to win this series? Yeah, um – I actually had Dallas in the finals in my preseason in my before the before the playoffs. I had Dallas in the finals, and it was just the it's the Luka Doncic effect in my opinion. And all my friends, all the people on Twitter were like, "Oh, uh, Shay, uh, Luka's not playing the first three games." And I was like, "I really think that the Mavs could sweep the Jazz without Luka. I really do." They didn't end up doing that, but they ran through Utah. Um, they've played or Luka has played amazing every single game of the series. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if it, if uh, the Mavs can steal a game in Phoenix, I think the series is over and I think they can definitely steal a game in Phoenix. 
Um, I I got I think I got to stick with that. I think the Mavs can pull it out. The Luka Doncic effect. Uh, they can't stop Dorian Finney-Smith. They're not limiting the threes at all. Um, the, the the Mavs are really shaking them up, and it, and it's it, I know it's scaring them. Chris Paul doesn't know what to do right now. <laughs> I, I it's it's really scary for Phoenix. That's a bold take to say that before the playoffs. And dude, I respect that. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, came I know. Up that I, I don't know what it was. I I had Bucks. I had Bucks in in Mavs. Yeah. And it was it was Mavs versus Warriors. So if that ends up happening, and then obviously I don't want the I do not want the Bucks to win. But that's just what yeah. I thought was going to happen. Yeah. But yeah. I do think that out of everybody in the playoffs so far, if I had to give a playoff MVP, I'd give it to Luca. Um. He's been absurd all playoffs, even though he missed his first – was it three games that he missed in the beginning against Utah or two? Yeah. Uh, I think he came back two. in game three. Yeah. So, you know, luca has been playing insane. Now, it's 2-2. I don't think that they're going to win the series. I think it's just still going to be Phoenix. Just because I just like – the it's it's as simple as how much I like this roster and how how much more experienced they are just because of last season. So you got Devin Booker, who is obviously I mean we know what he can do, but I think this roster right now is a little more experienced and they're going to be able to take it in because they're going to Phoenix now. So I think they're going to win tonight in Phoenix, and then I think they're going to end up winning in Dallas. I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything, but I have a, I have a tough time seeing Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Jay Crowder and Macau Bridges and Deandre Ayton and all these guys losing to Dallas. Um, now I think that this is a preview of what the heck Luca is going to be doing in the future of the NBA, because he's, you know, as long as he keeps playing like this, Dallas is always going to be in the playoffs and they're always going to be making it far, but 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to end up beating phoenix but yeah. i would and I, love for them to yeah and i'm and me saying i think dallas is going to win is obviously not ruling out phoenix but um yeah i'm just like i am like a sucker for it's like if you if you build a perfect team around your star it's like i'm going to root for you i want your team to win and i think dallas has built an absolute amazing team around luca everyone can shoot maxi kleba comes in he's shooting the three Maxi Kleba comes out, Davis Bertans comes in. He's going four for four in four minutes. Um, yep. It's just like Luca, Luca can drive whenever he wants. As slow as he is, he can go around anybody he wants. It's just like, and I'm rooting for the Mavs in this series. I'm not a Suns hater, but like I said, I just want the I just want the Mavs to get by him. I want Luca to, to do good. But please, they have to stop Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder cannot be putting up 18 a night for the, for if they want to win. They have to figure that out. I know all their attention is on Devin Booker. I know their attention's on Chris Paul, and they're doing a great job against Chris Paul. But D-Book, D-book is, is is carrying right now. DeAndre Aiden's playing great, and then Jay Crowder is playing amazing. Yeah, so I was going to bring up Jay Crowder. Um, he's been a huge X factor for Phoenix this series, especially because it's honestly like they haven't even been able to stop it. And I've always liked Jay Crowder because I've always thought wherever he went, he's been such a big contributor, and he's kind of been all over the place. Um but Dallas needs to find an answer for that because when you have a role player like Jay Crowder going off for you know his 15s and his 18 points on pretty efficient shooting, that's going to kill you. Um, and it's funny because before, kind of like in the middle of the regular season, I just always thought that Dallas was just – they just weren't good enough. I didn't think that the players that they had around them, around Luka, 
we're going to be able to help them to win anything. But I've been completely proved wrong because they're all starting to shine now. You know, Jalen Brunson, um, you know, uh, uh, Dwight Powell, Reggie Bullock, like all these guys. They're super Dorian solid pieces. Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, who came from Washington, who's playing really well. So, you know, I got to give it to Dallas, man. I, I They completely proved me wrong. Yeah. I think another thing is, is Jason Kidd. I think he's a very underrated coach. He's got the spacing set up perfectly. I really like his rotations. Um, Dinwiddie's putting Dinwiddie, – Dinwiddie was a 20-point-per-game, 8-assist guy in Washington and Brooklyn – I mean, this guy's really good. He's he's out here getting twenty minutes a game. He's complimenting Luca well, taking yep. taking heat off of Luca. Um, it's just it's built so perfectly. But the thing is, like like the Jay Crowder thing, how they can't stop him. Dorian Finney-Smith is not going to make eight threes again. He's not he's not going to have twenty four <laughs> points strictly from behind the line. So you, you need to find more contributors. As crazy as that sounds, because everybody's been contributing. Um, Bullock needs to have a good game. Um, he's been shooting great, but I'm talking about a Dorian Finney-Smith-esque game to where he's having yeah. 21 points on six six or seven threes. Like, I mean, Tim Hardaway, missing Tim Hardaway Jr. is is doing a lot too. And he's not the best player, but he he, he, he takes out Frank Nielakina. He takes yeah. out Frank Nielakina from the from the rotation. So, <laughs> yeah, they need everybody they can get definitely. And you know, obviously, to take down a team like Phoenix, I mean, they're the one seed for the reason. They were the best team in the league for a reason. So it's not going to be easy by any means. You're going to have to mm-hmm. have good games by everybody. I didn't know Dorian Finney-Smith made eight threes. Uh, eight for twelve. I, yeah, now I'm looking at it. Holy criminy, dude! What the heck? Yeah, I didn't I even t- know that. <laughs> are you are you on prize picks at all? Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I took Dorian Finney-Smith's threes and I took Devin Booker's threes and hit in the first quarter. Or I think D books hit in the second quarter. And I was That's... like, that was the that, his line was at two. And I was like, that is the that was the easiest that was the easiest money I've ever made. But yeah, no Dorian Finney-Smith, like he is worth every penny. He made he, he got a fifty five million dollar contract. I'm pretty sure over yeah. four years. Amazing contract. That guy's a stud. And honestly. Yeah. If they do somehow come come out of this series, I think they match up pretty well against uh, against the Warriors. I don't know how you guys did against them in the regular season at all, but I don't think. I mean, who would be guarding Draymond or Luca? Would Draymond wouldn't be on him, would he? Maybe Wiggins. I I would be scared to play Dallas just because we never beat them. Like, oh, well, we really? might have beat we might have beaten them in the regular season, but it seems like even like the past few years. We just can't beat them for some reason as they just kind of have our numbers. So I'm definitely don't want to play them. They'll, they'll probably put clay on them. I think, I think they'll end up putting clay. I don't think that's the right assignment, but I think they'll end up putting clay. How's Kaminga on ball? Kaminga's good on ball. Um, they, might, but... they, might, they might mess around and put a few <laughs> possessions with Kaminga on them. I mean, it doesn't hurt to try because Lu- you're not going to stop Luca. It's like Giannis. You're not going to stop Giannis. It's just, you have to limit him. Exactly. And make Reggie Bullock or Dorian Finney-Smith or Jalen Brunson beat you. Just don't let Luka drop a 45-point triple-double because you'll never yeah. win that game. Exactly. And you can live with those other guys hitting their three-pointers. It's like at the end of the day, that's whatever. But we got to do our best to contain Luka as well as we can because you'll never be able to stop him. Just force the ball out of his hands if you can. Um but yeah, man. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know if Dallas will end up beating Phoenix, but it's definitely going to be a good series. Um, a good rest of the series. Let's talk about Miami and Philly because that's been kind of crazy. Um, I had before this series started, I had Miami and five, I think. 
I did. That, I did too. That's what I. Had. That one. Is that was done updated again. though. That was yeah. updated. Yeah, yeah. Um, once I saw Embiid was out, I I'm not gonna lie, I didn't watch the first two games of this series. I did not want to watch a game where Embiid didn't play for Philly because I I could not watch DeAndre Jordan starting in a playoff game. I couldn't do it, so I just I stayed <laughs> away from those two games. But these last two games, James Harden is looking like 2016, 2020 James Harden. Um, I know I tweeted that. I don't know if you saw it, but this guy is, is like vintage Harden right now, and he needs to yeah. keep that up if they want to win. Yeah, he's he's looked a lot better these past few games. I know he dropped like 30, 31 um, in the last game. And, you know, James Harden's issue has been – well, he just hasn't looked nearly as good as he used to, uh, especially when he got traded to Philly. It just – he's always been – he was a fine distributor the whole time. He was, he was their best playmaker. But his scoring, his three ball, and everything else just wasn't up to how – up to the standards of how he used to play. And now, hopefully, I mean, for Philly's sake, I don't really care, but for Philly's sake, um, if he's out here dropping 31 points again and looking like old prime James Harden, that's huge for them, dude, because it seemed like Tyrese Maxey was the only guy who was really helping Joel Embiid because I'm not a big believer in Tobias Harris. I mean, he's kind I'm of like – he, He's actually playing well. He's actually playing well in the playoffs right now. Yeah, he's, play, he's playing all right. He was, he's definitely contributing in his piece, but, you know, if James Harden can – find these 30 point games like consistently or not even, you don't even have to get 30, but you know, in the twenties or whatever, that's going to be so insanely crucial for Philly dude. And these next two games, I know they play tonight, I think. So, right. Yeah, they do play. Tonight. Yeah, they do. Um, so how do you think this one ends? I don't even know. <laughs> um, th- This is, this is tough. Cause there, I mean, there's speculation that Kyle Lowry, uh, this has actually happened oh, like yeah. right before the podcast, but yeah, Kyle Lowry might not be playing the rest of the series. I don't think he's been doing much anyway. But that's true. I I think I am gonna end up taking Miami, and I think it comes down to a coaching thing. I think mm-hmm. Eric Spoelstra's leaps and miles better than Doc Rivers. Oh yeah. Um, I think I think Bam has done a good job against Joel Embiid, whether he's hurt or not. And I just I just think that Jimmy Butler has the it factor. I don't think James Harden in this state has the it factor unless he keeps this going. But I think well, like what it is with James Harden is just the shot attempts. Like he mentioned this in Brooklyn where he's like, he doesn't know what his role is. He doesn't know if he's a facilitator or a scorer. Cause obviously in Houston, the guy was putting up 36 points a game shot like 13 threes a game. I don't think he's shooting 13 shots a game anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he shoots, he's, he's going to score. It's just, he's gotta be aggressive. He can let mm-hmm. someone else distribute. He can still distribute when he scores. He proved he could do that. So I don't know why the guy doesn't shoot anymore. I think he's in his own he's in his own head. But I just don't think he keeps it up. But yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go Miami in seven. I think this goes seven. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I think it's gonna be the home team just keeps winning each game. So I think Miami will take game five. I think Philly will take game six, and I think Miami will ultimately end up winning game seven. Um, yeah, and everyone thinks Miami's rattled. Miami is not rattled. Nope. They're not rattled. Jimmy Jimmy is like the most composed player. Yeah, I was that about- guy. He will not. He will not crack at all. Eric Spoelstra's. I mean, he could be the best coach in the NBA. He's not going to crack. They'll be fine. They'll bounce back. It's just they need yeah. some production out of Tyler Hero. He's but he's been putting up stinker after stinker. And then Max Struess just has to be efficient from three because if him and Duncan Robinson, Duncan Robinson doesn't even play anymore. He makes ninety million dollars. And That's then Max Struess. I know, yeah, that contract is bad. And I mean, 
even at the time it was a little too much, but I mean, yeah. we have to get into that, but yeah. And the Struce, <laughs> he just, he just has to be efficient because he's going to chuck it just like Duncan Robinson. Like they have some chuckers on their team, but they just have to fall if they want to win. They, they cannot be shooting this poorly against a, an average defensive team. They're not, I don't even think they're an average defensive team. They're just not that good of a defensive team. They can't yeah. play Thibel because he's too much of a liability on offense. Yep, on offense. Danny Green's their best defender on the court. Yikes. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Miami has – I like what you said about Jimmy Butler. You know, he's got that it factor, and I totally agree. And there's no way he will ever crack. I mean, he laughs at people who thinks he'll crack. I mean, Jimmy Butler's got that mentality. Um and I know he dropped a 40 piece and they ended up losing. I think that was the last game. I think it was game four. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm a Jimmy Butler. He's one of my favorite players in the league. And I love watching him. He's so insanely fun to watch. And Jimmy's just good at everything. Um, but you got guys like Victor Ladipo and Tyler Harrow coming off the bench there. Those are guys that are going to have to step up. And I've liked what I've seen from them for the most part in the playoffs. You know, when you need these contributing guys coming off the bench to score with the second units, um, especially Tyler Hero, obviously six man of the year. He just got awarded that. The thing about him is that there's times where he shoots a lot and then he becomes inefficient um, and it kind of becomes a liability for the team overall. That's what he's got to figure out to not shoot the ball if it's not going in, because that's what I've noticed when watching him. Is sometimes he shoots way too much. But when the when the balls, when the shots are going in, it's so crucial for them. Um, yeah, and he, when he's on, he's on too, and that's the exactly. Thing he, that's why they have to get him on. I mean, he, uh, Got it. he's shooting twenty eight percent from three in the playoffs right now. It's horrible. But yeah, you mentioned that forty point game where they lost. Um, they shot seven of thirty five from three, and Jimmy made two of those seven. So yeah. they're getting they're getting five threes outside of Jimmy Butler, and it's just they they just won't win that game. Especially that's when J, that was James Harden's big game too. So it's like. That was a yeah. very winnable game for Miami, and that was a sweat for Philly. Yeah. Um, and did they say – so I heard that Lowry for sure isn't playing tonight. Did they say if he's not going to play for the rest of the series, like, or is that just they don't know yet? They, they, said, they said that he might not. Okay. They said um, that he probably won't, which, mean, which means they're not ruling him out, but they but that's just because they don't – like in case it goes seven, they, they might want to just force him in there. They don't want to rule him out yet. And so I think he's probably out for the series. Yep, you're probably right. So they, they never bring – I don't think they ever start Tyler Hero. Um, I'm not sure no. the lineup – I'm not sure the lineup would be when they – if Lowry Probably Vincent. They gave Vincent. Be, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know – like you were saying, I like how you brought up how Kyle Lowry hasn't done much because, dude, he hasn't, and it's been kind of ugly. Uh, I mean, his scoring hasn't been there at all, um, and I don't even think his defense has looked as great as it has before because Kyle Lowry was always a solid defender, and you know he hasn't been like total trash, but I don't. He just looks a little slower. Um, so I don't know what it would look like without Kyle Lowry in these crucial five game, five, six, and seven games. Um, I'm not sure how much I would hurt him or how much it would not hurt him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think they kind of screwed Kyle Lowry because I mean, I'm pretty sure he has assignments, Tyrese Maxey. I'm sure he gets some time on James Harden, but having a 36 year old uh, Kyle Lowry on a 20 year old yeah. Tyrese Maxey, who's one of the faster players in the league. He's just not, he's just not set up for success, but you're right. He does look, his age is getting to him. He does yeah. look a lot slower. I mean, he'll still knock down shots. 
He'll still bully some guys. He'll still play good. He'll still have good defensive possessions. It's just, it's like that he's not nearly as good as he was in Toronto, just literally two years ago in the bubble. That guy was a beast for them. And it's just not the same guy anymore. Yeah. 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 Definitely not. And you can tell that the age is getting to him. That's crazy that he's 36. Um, so, you know, this series is definitely like unpredictable because I don't even know yeah. who I choose. I mean, I'm going to go Miami in seven, but pretty weird. If I could have watched the first two games, but I feel like the first two games didn't even matter because there was no Joel Embiid. They should have won yeah, those two games. They knew. won those two games. Yeah. We knew kind of what was going to happen, how it was going to look. Yeah. I mean, I, cause uh, before every series, I check like what the ESPN, like the, the experts say, and I, not one person had Philly winning this series. It was 21 to zero. It was the same <laughs> thing. In, it was the same thing in the warrior series. It was 21 to zero. Suns were like, like 19 to two. And then I think Celtics bucks were split like 14 and like seven or something. It was, it was around there, which is still favored, but the warriors were 21 zero against Memphis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I think I, I, I think it's only because Memphis struggled with Minnesota, who is a very That's inferior true. opponent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now, man, we can move on to your boys. <laughs> this crazy series, um, Boston and Milwaukee. It's two two. Every game seems to be super entertaining. What it's, are your it's thoughts? Not good. Man? Not good for the blood levels. I'll tell you that. It's it's it's, <laughs> it's having like I mean I'm out here like stressing, like actually stressing, not just, I'm not just saying I'm stressing, but I'm stressing when I wake up LA, it'll be like 10 o'clock in the morning and I have to wait till seven o'clock PM to watch, to watch these games. And I'm just like, my heart's pumping. And then the game starts game four, then Giannis is dominating. I mean, I already have a bad feeling in my stomach because Tony brothers is ref is refing. And we were two and 12 prior to that with Tony brothers refing. So I don't know. Obviously, I have some problems with the officiating in this series. With I mean, Giannis has a swollen elbow. I mean, if that says anything for you, but yeah, I mean, this is the Al Horford series. This is the Al Horford series, is what I have to say. So that caught me off guard watching Al Horford just just drop oh, you 30. Off guard. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what the heck? That was so crazy. I was watching the game and I just wasn't expecting out of all the players on that court. On either team, I really wasn't expecting Al Horford to just go out and just destroy. Um, yeah, even so I think in the game before, even the yeah, game before, yeah. he played absolutely amazing, and then they lost. And then I'm like, I'm like, you cannot waste Al Horford games. Like, you're not going to get that many Al Horford games. You like Tatum put up. I mean, they lost by two points, yes. and Tatum yeah. was four of eighteen. So I mean, yeah. I was re- I wasn't confident, but I was relatively like, I was confident that we could win this game. I I, I knew I knew it wasn't going to be. They had the momentum. I knew it wasn't going to be like a blowout. It was going to be a close game. It was just in whose favor. And Tatum finally, or not finally, I don't want to say finally. Tatum's been great. But Tatum had a <laughs> had a great game, and there was an Al Horford game. And Jalen couldn't play that much because of foul trouble. Yeah. But Al Horford won that game. I mean, I think he had he did. 18 fourth quarter points, 80% from the field. Didn't play good defense on Giannis. I don't know why people think he was playing good defense on Giannis, but it doesn't matter because he looked – I don't think – I don't remember any of his misses. I just remember him making shot after shot after shot. And then he's like 35, 36 years old. Tatum took over the, the last four minutes. It was amazing. Marcus Smart played great. It was just a very 
great game but by everybody except Grant Williams. He didn't play good. But Derek White finally had a good game. It, it was it was yeah. huge because three one two two. That's a very that's a very big difference. So yeah, going back to Boston in a tied series, hopefully hopefully taking the advantage. Uh, I, I like the ch- the chances rose a lot. I like the odds now. Yeah, Al Horford's kind of looking like prime Al Horford, man. Like he, when he was on Atlanta, um, he's been one of your better players in this series, especially. And I wasn't really expecting it. His rebounding has been great um, and his scoring and with the 30 bomb. And then he had like 21 or 22 or 23 the game before. Um, he's been absolutely killing it. And obviously without him, you know, you likely would not have won that game. And I think the good thing about you guys is that, I mean, you you got a guy like Horford who can just kind of go crazy at any moment, but you also had Grant Williams who had a good game, not last game, but it might have been one or two games ago. I'm not sure which one. But it's to be really, able to – Honestly, the first three he was playing, he was playing very well, especially defensively. Yeah, yeah so you got these guys who can just step up in big moments, which is super huge. Um, I'm not sure how Derek White's been playing this series – um has he not been has he just he, been there he gets a lot of hate from the seller from boston community because mm-hmm. he's just not a scorer but he was not brought in to be a scorer he was brought in because he's one of the best guard defenders in the league yeah. and he does not turn the ball over and he's another facilitator and i think game three he was like a plus 15 and we lost so that shows how much of an impact he had yeah and he just doesn't turn it over but he he played very well in game three and game four game one and two he struggled He'll go. He's like one of those guys where it's like if he's very far off, he's not going to play much. He'll play eight, ten minutes. But when he's on, he'll close out games, and that's the thing. And I do think Ime yeah. uh, Udoka figured something out, and it's that the Bucks are just overly committing to the three point line, which is not like them. They're usually a team that lets you shoot. And I think Marcus and Tatum have had so many free layups this uh in this series and i think they're just starting to run this action to where they're just doing dribble handoffs and just going to the paint and it's open every single time and it's very uncharacteristic of yeah. milwaukee yeah um so when is is robert williams going to be out for the rest of the series no i think it was just a precautionary thing because it his knee the knee that he tore it was sore so i think okay. it was a precaution i think he probably could have played but it's very weird. I mean, the two games we've won, Marcus has been out and then Rob's been out. And the two fully healthy games we've lost, which is very weird. <laughs> yeah, but anything to get Daniel Tice off of the court is a plus. So hopefully, hopefully Rob can come back because that that is that would be huge because he that really messed with our rotations. And I do actually I actually do have another takeaway with this with this game. And yep. it's just the the hype around Mike Budenholzer, and he doesn't have hype right now. He's just I, it's not even that he's just a good coach like he's just not a good coach at all in my opinion i just i, I think he i think he's successful because he has Giannis, but the adjustments are horrible i mean everyone's running free they if, if I, I really do think if Giannis was the roller in a pick and roll they would score every single time and they only run that action like three three four times a game and with drew holiday being one of the better finishing guards in the league if you run drew holiday as the ball handler and Giannis as the roller, they would virtually be unstoppable. And then they could just kick it out to uh, Grayson Allen or to, I guess, a Wesley Matthews. They they would hit that three every single time. It's such an easy action. It's worked every single time against the Celtics. He just doesn't run it for some reason. I don't know why. I think I think 
Mike Boonholzer, it's they're kind of, he's kind of similar to Steve Kerr because I've noticed this too. Even last year when when Milwaukee ended up uh, winning the championship, Mike Boonholzer, he 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 wasn't that great of a coach during that run either. And I think when you brought up how you think he's just successful because of Giannis, and I kind of agree. And I think it's like the same thing with Steve Kerr. I think they have these star players that if you were to put them on a team without these main guys, they're going to be fired within a season. Like they're not going to make it. They might not even make it to the end of the season. Um, Steve Kerr is probably a little better than Mike Budenholzer. I am pretty oh, tough well, on Steve he's, Kerr. He's definitely better. He's definitely better. But I'm not a big Steve Kerr guy. I don't know how much you know about that, but I'm just not a fan of him. But um, they're kind of in the same situation to where their their adjustments are just bad and they're and they're not even great. They're not great situational coaches either. Um, and I mean, at the end of the day, when you're shooting for a championship, I know they won it last year, but you you can get figured out after many years. And now it's going to come down to, you know, Mike Boonholzer is going to have to step up a little bit, especially going up against a great team like Boston, you know? So I don't know how, how long Mike Boonholzer is going to be there. Um, it's because a lot of people thought he should have gotten fired after last year's championship, which is so crazy to think like to fire I mean, your coach after you win a championship, but yeah, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne, Dwayne Casey, Casey got fired from to Toronto. Him. But no, Budenholzer was on the hot seat. They were interviewing head coaches last yeah. year for Budenholzer. And they ended up winning the chip, and that obviously went away. You're not going to fire your championship coach, at, nor should they. And then now we're back. And if they if they lose this series, if they drop these next two games, maybe if it goes God. seven, they might keep him if he if he has a good coaching game, maybe. But I just don't think that happens because unless they unless they switch something up, because like I mean, I know I just said this but the Celtics have been getting killed by that pick and roll action with Giannis because they're over committing to Giannis and then Drew gets an easy layup or he just kicks it to Giannis and he's going to finish. It's, it's not a hard concept. It seems very simple. I'm making it seem very easy because it is very easy for them. I don't know why they don't run it. And that's something. Yeah. As, I mean, as a head coach, that's your job to figure it out and make those adjustments to put your team in the best situation to win. So if you can't do that, then you have to go. So I think if Milwaukee doesn't, end up winning the championship this year i could see him getting fired and then moving on to somebody else 100 and that's a very high like uh spot for coaches any yeah. coach would want to just go into milwaukee and have drew yeah. holiday and Giannis and chris middleton anyone would yeah. want that so they'll get yeah. the best candidate um i was gonna ask you another question do you think if milwaukee was to have chris middleton for this series that you guys would like, what do you think? How much different do you think it would be if they had Chris Middleton? I, I think I think the series, they win the series. I don't think it's as marginal as people are making it. I don't think it's like a whole bucks and five thing. Um, I, I think it's still bucks and six, bucks and seven. But Chris Middleton is is a known Celtics killer. Like he yeah. murders the Celtics. And it's just it's um it was the Kyrie year, um, the last year of Kyrie. Uh, they were down three and we locked up the, we, it was, it was like 0.4 seconds left, 0.5 seconds left. And then he makes a half court shot to tie the game and send it to OT, which they still lost, but it's like, come on. And it's like, I don't want to say I'm glad. I'm glad that they, that they are, that he's out. Cause I'm not glad he's out. I'm not one of those people, but it certainly helps a lot that he's not there because there it's, he, he would have performed and Drew holiday isn't performing. So yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what I think. So what do you think this series is going to end up now? Like, how do you think this oh, series it's, is going? It's going seven. It's going seven. There's no doubt yeah. about it. 
I would like to, I would like to say that it would that is going to go six and that the Celtics take the next two. The Bucks could take the next two for all I know, but I think it goes seven. And I don't want to be biased, but I really do think the Celtics have all the momentum. Rob Williams is coming back. That should be the last of their injuries unless something gruesome happens. I think I'm going to take Celtics in seven though. Yeah, um, this one can go either way. You could say. Bucks in six or seven, or you could say Celtics in six or seven, and you couldn't really be yeah, mad at I, that take. I, I, I won't be mad at all if anyone says the Bucks in seven. I can 100% see it. Giannis is that good. So, yeah, that's it. That's probably where I'm leaning, and that's where I was before this series started. I, I was, my prediction was Bucks in six, I think. Um, and I'm going to go Bucks in seven um, because Cel- the, uh, the Celtics are playing absolutely insane. So, I mean, this whole, this whole series has been super tight. Um, and I definitely think this one goes seven. I don't know who wins, but I'm going to put my money on Giannis in a game seven. Um, yep. Uh, that's, so. that, that was, that's what I was thinking of too. It's like, wait, in a game seven, are you going to want Giannis mm-hmm. or Tatum? And, I, and that's no knock on Tatum at all, but it's like Tatum's much more likely to have, uh, to get, not locked up, to get contained than Giannis yes. is. And that's the biggest thing. And it's just, I mean, it might not just, it might be because I watch them all the time and I know that they're definitely exposable, but I just, it's like, I'm kind of, I'm just both ways right now. I'm really, it's really hard, but with how they've been playing defense on everyone, not named Giannis, I just, I, it's tough. I I'm, I'm, I'm still going back and forth, but I think I'm just going to stick with Celtics and seven. Yeah, there you go. Um, so they play Wednesday before the Warriors, um, so that'll be super interesting back in Boston for game five. Um, and hopefully Rob Williams comes back for your guys' sake. Um, hopefully I need it. Yeah, man. So that's, we didn't miss a series. Yeah. So that's all the series that we, that we were going to talk about. Um, and another big thing that did happen in the NBA world was the MVP has been announced. Um, and that is now, belongs to Nikola Jokic for the second time in a row. So the big debate for the MVP this season was, you know, mostly Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. Um, And the finalists were those two plus Giannis. Now, for me, a lot of people, I see a lot of people talking about how Jokic completely deserves it and it wasn't a question. And And I see other people talking about, Embiid totally deserves it, and it's not a question. Embiid got robbed. But the way I see it is that I hate to be that guy who kind of takes a middle position with no real stance, which I do have my pick. But anybody out of those three guys, I think, could have gotten this award, and I wouldn't have been mad. And I, it wasn't close at all. I mean, it was totally close, like, the whole time. Um, it's not like you can sit here and say, Jokic, totally deserved it over Embiid and Giannis or Embiid deserved it or whatever, because it's so tight that it was, it was such a tough MVP to give out. Now my pick, I guess I'm in the unpopular opinion here because I wanted to see Giannis get it. I know there's a lot of voter fatigue now. um, And usually that kind of happens after your second MVP, they don't like to give you another one. Um, So I didn't know who was going to win it. I really had no idea who was going to win it. Now, I didn't think it was going to be Giannis. I thought it was either going to be Jokic or Embiid. And if I had to put my money on it, I thought it was going to be Embiid because of the voter fatigue. But ended up going to Jokic. I wanted it to go to Giannis, but I can't be mad at it. 
I, I, I like that you included Giannis in there because, like you said, it is mainly people are mainly making it to be a Jokic versus Embiid thing, and I'm sure uh, Giannis got a lot of votes. I'm a very big Jokic advocate, mm-hmm. um, not as big of an Embiid av- advocate, but I, I certainly think he should be in the conversation. I think they nailed it. I think they nailed it. I think Jokic should have won it. Um, I honestly hate Twitter right now because I feel like I'm the only one who thinks Jokic should have won it, but <laughs> I'm seeing um, Jokic should not have more MVPs than Kobe and KD, like, like why? Like, he was the best player in the league for two straight years. I think, I mean, if I'm ranking players, I think it's Giannis one, uh, Jokic two, vice versa. I think th- those are the two best players in the league to me, mm-hmm. I think, either order. Um, but for Jokic's sake versus Embiid, Embiid in, in the Nuggets, in the Nuggets uh, offense, is not doing nearly as much as it is for Jokic. And once again, I'm not trying to knock on Embiid, but I'm trying to show my case as to why I think uh, Jokic should win it. The Nuggets are a G League team without without Jokic. A G League team. That team, if Jokic never existed, is winning like is like Bobcats territory team. I think. I think they win 12, 15 games without him. He is the best facilitating big man we have ever seen. And he made everybody on their team better. Doesn't matter who it is. If they had Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., fully healthy, 82 games, they're probably a top three seed in the West. And I, as good as Embiid played, I just don't think he has that type of impact that Jokic has. And what, main, what what most people say, it's like, oh, well, the eye test and advanced stats. And I've been retweeting a bunch of stuff on Twitter, but it's like, if Jokic doesn't pass your eye test, then you just, I, I don't know what basketball you're watching because he is that good. Yeah. That's my stance uh- on it. Definitely. So I hear a lot of people talking about how, because I think that the biggest reason that Jokic wanted him over Embiid was a lot of the voters probably looked at the team around him and Jokic's team is a lot worse than Embiid's team. If you take both of them off it. Now I hear a lot of people and I was actually having this conversation with somebody the other day and he was telling me, I was like, he was talking about how if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were both back this season that Jokic's stats wouldn't have been as good at all, and he wouldn't have even been in the conversation. So I was like, okay, let's look at last season. <laughs> this season he won yeah, the exactly. MVP, and he had nearly identical stats. His points went down. His points were like one point down, and his rebounds were like two rebounds down or whatever. But they're pretty close, and they're both historic and MVP numbers, especially for big man. It's absolutely ridiculous. But – that's a that's a dumb narrative. I don't I don't understand oh, that. Without a first, doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. So you know, giving this MVP to Jokic totally makes sense. He's been an absolute dog. And like you said, if you take him off the Nuggets, there are probably a bottom three or four team in the league. Um, I mean, they have what? Who they have? Aaron Gordon, who would, really didn't play that well in the playoffs. Aaron they Gordon. Had, Aaron Gordon's just a role player at this point. Yeah, he's it. He's a role player. You got like Bones Highland. He's gonna second, be yeah, a second round rookie to step up for them. <laughs> exactly. I think Will Barton's a good player, but if Will Barton is your second best player on your team, exactly, then you are doing something wrong. Exactly. And um, and I and and it's like this kind. Of, it kind of contradicts like my whole stance on how MVPs should go, but mm-hmm. because I'm I'm like if your team is good, you should be recognized for it. And Embiid's team was better than than uh, Jokic's team, but it's just completely like getting rid of the fact that the Nuggets roster is so much worse than, yeah. than the Sixers. The Sixers without Embiid versus the Nuggets without Jokic 
run them through the gym. They they win in four. Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things where it's like you have to make like an exception and Jokic is that elite. And it's like next year he'll probably with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter healthy, they'll probably go through the West. Not go through the West, but like they'll they'll be a they'll top be... top seed in the West. Definitely. Um and a lot of people like to look at seeding too. And they're like, hey, Denver was a six seed and Philadelphia was a four seed. Like, I'm like, okay, well, they only had three less wins. With that Ray See, worse of a roster. See, I, didn't, I didn't even know they had three less wins. That, that proves my point even more. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, if they were to give it to Embiid, me personally, I wouldn't have been mad. Um, but Embiid was my third choice out of those three. Like I said, Giannis was my number one. I think it could have gone to anybody. I ho- I wanted Giannis to get some more recognition, but oh yeah, you know, know they all had insane seasons. They all played super great, and it's tough to pick one. Um, but I can't be mad that they gave it to Jokic. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at Nuggets' record without Jokic uh, this year, and they're two and six, and the two wins are against the Pacers, which was a three point win in Houston. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. that explains. there you go. That, that'll show you they, they they beat the two worst teams in the league. They both have top five picks, so that <laughs> yeah. shows you anything. And then the, and then the Sixers are six and eight without Embiid. Obviously, they're not going to be good without an MVP candidate. But yeah, no about Giannis. About Giannis though, um, yeah, I'm I'm usually a really big Giannis fan. The series is kind of like it's kind of turned me a little bit because he's. I, I tried not to say anything for the first two games, but he's he's playing a little bit dirty. Like, he's doing some extra things that it's like, all right, like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know if you saw the clip of Marcus Smart trying to help him up, and he's, like, pulling him back down. Yeah, like, so okay, that was kind of weird. That? I mean, yeah, yes, this, the Celtics have been dirty. The Bucks have been dirty. There's two – they're two completely, like, physical teams. But it's like Giannis has done a little bit extra stuff that I just – just, like, I don't know. I'm still a Giannis fan. But I, I, I think he's one of the best players of all time already. And he's 27. And I, and I I would love for him to add to his resume. So if the Celtics don't win the finals, I wouldn't be mad if the Bucs won again for Giannis. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually agree with that. Um, I like how we're talking about Giannis because, I mean, I think Giannis's resume at age 27, I think he's 27. Um, and yep. even when he was 26 after he won the championship, was better than LeBron's at that time. Um, so I think that Giannis has the ability to become literally one of the top three players of all time. Um, obviously, you know, you got Michael Jordan and LeBron set the bar so high and it's not going to be easy to get there, but at this trajectory and how dominant Giannis plays, I could easily see him very soon sneaking into the top 10 and then Uh, at some point even getting into the top five yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even I do. hate that take. I don't hate that take at all because um, I think what he's done is so impressive. And and I, I think me saying that might be a little bit like uh, it might be a little I might be reaching a little bit with it. It might be like predicting what's going to happen. But I think he can get another MVP he, right now. I think he has just one. I think he has one deploy and then two rings and two MVP, two MVPs, two, right? Not three. What he's got one ring. Uh, yeah, or yeah, one ring, one two ring, MVPs. two MVPs in a defensive player, and then he's a, a, a deep boy. Yeah, I think he 100% win another MVP. Um, he, I think he 100% win another ring, mm-hmm. and then deep boys that's a little weird. I, I don't really like that award that much because it's a little bit of a popularity award, and but he can win them because he's popular, so yeah, and yeah, he's he's just one of the best two way players the game has ever seen, and that is not a not that, that he's that good, 
He is that good. He's just dominant. He's just so dominant, man. Um, and I and I, it's not, it's not be- fun playing him seven games in a row. Yeah, I'll thank God that. I we haven't had to. Hopefully, you know. Well, I don't even know. As a Warrior fan, I have no idea who I want to play in the finals if we even were to get there. Someone um, out of the top, uh, out of the top of the bracket, like Heat yeah. or Sixers. Oh yeah, definitely but- would rather them. But assuming it's going to be either Boston or Milwaukee, at that point, it's just like pick your poison, dude. Because I have no idea who I'd want to play. Yeah, I, I you'd rather play Boston, I think. I think I'd rather because... play Boston because we we would have absolutely zero answer for Giannis. Dude. You have you have yeah. There's not one person who in there that's going to be able to guard Giannis. And as much as I like Draymond, it's not happening. He's going to say he's he just can guard, too can guard Giannis. No, yeah, I mean I love Draymond, and Draymond's one of the best defenders the league has ever seen, and he'll do his best. But Giannis is just too he's too much bigger, and he's just too dominant to to be able to stop. Yeah, the only person in the NBA that like, and I know I say that you can't stop Giannis. The only person that has and can stop Giannis is Bam Adebayo, and that's why yeah. if the Heat come out of that series, I think the Heat and and if the Heat and the Bucks are in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think the Heat can win that one hundred percent, especially yeah. if if Middleton misses the first half of the series. Yeah, well, Bam's honestly underrated too. You don't really hear a lot of you don't really hear his name out there a lot. No, yeah, yeah. People are underrating he him brings a lot. It. People think he like people like genuinely think he's just not that good. I, I mean, I'm I'm on Celtics Twitter a lot, so I see I'm I see like Rob over Bam, and Rob's my one of my favorite players in the league. Don't he's not he's not as good as Bam, not yeah. yet. Oh anyway. yeah, no, no, no. He could be. I mean, Robert Williams. Has I, I really to don't be, think but... I really don't think he can be. He just really? doesn't have any offensive game. He's got the yeah. he's got the uh, lob threat ability, and he's one of the best rollers in the league. But it's like. That's not nearly. Yeah. He doesn't have any post moves. Wouldn't. He's not going to go in the post at all. Yeah, maybe. He yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, well, you got a good one though. I mean, nonetheless, Robert Williams is going to be good for you guys, assuming he stays with you for a long time, um, and hopefully he stays healthy. Um, but yeah, man, Bam is totally getting underrated. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. Um, underappreciated. Yeah, you got no, anything else like, to add? Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say that, like, like this this playoffs is like is is it like exhilarating right now? It's just with, with how much like physicality there is like, like you said in the, in the Grizzlies warrior series right now, like everyone is so vis- physical Um, Celtics bucks. There's, there's people on the floor three minutes into the first quarter. It's ridiculous. Um, Heat Sixers. Like I said, I haven't really been watching that that much. And then Suns Mavericks is just who, who can make more threes in a game. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like outside I mean, I, I feel like that's not a hot take at all. But outside of the Celtics Bucks series, the Suns Mavericks series is just like I'm so excited for that game tonight. Too yeah. bad I'm on the East Coast and I have to wait till ten o'clock. Yeah, that that's sucks. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you gotta that game ends at like one a.m. Huh? Yeah, like that's, yeah, it's 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 never it's never that fun. But I always stay up for them. But that's yeah. what that's what it's gonna have to be like. Actually, I think like if we were to make the finals, I think all the games are at seven for me. Yeah. Four for you. Yeah. So, so, yeah, no, that's, I mean, no, but that's all I got, though. Like, this playoffs has been, like, a ride, though. I, that's why I wanted the Grizzlies to win. Just everybody 2-2. Two, two yeah. Would have been a bloodbath. If all of them go if all of them go seven outside of it. The, honestly, they, they could still all go seven. I doubt the Warriors series goes seven, but. It could. I would love three it, seven. I would love three seven game series, though. That would be way, like, way too much for me. That would be nuts. Um, I think, you know, the Warriors series, it could go seven. Um, oh, they might. Yeah, I, if they if they go back to Memphis. Yeah. So wait, wait. I, is, is game wait? They're okay, going so game five. Five is Memphis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then if they, 
Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, that, that series isn't going seven. I don't, I don't think, think so, but I don't want to – the Warriors have had that issue in the past where they just take teams lightly and they kind of underplay their competition. So hopefully they just ride this out and play as great as they can um, because Memphis is not going to be easy no matter what. We saw 2016, we know, 3-1, blah, 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 yeah. whatever. They're just gritty. But, they're just a really gritty team, and that's what it is. Like, they're, like they're, they're, you'll never – I mean – I don't want to see he'll never blow them out because he did blow them out. But it's like they're they're <laughs> a very hard team to blow out, yeah. especially if Jaw awesome. is back. Like you guys don't seem to have an answer for Jaw right now. Nope. Um, I guess I feel like it. The chances of it going seven would be if Game Five was in Golden State and then Game Six was in Memphis. In my yeah. opinion, yeah, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, it's going to be great. Hopefully, the Warriors can close it out. You know, we tonight we have Miami and Philly that starts at. 7.30 your time, and then Mavs and Suns at 10 o'clock your time. So, you know, it'll be fun to see which teams step ahead in their series. Um, hopefully that would be sick if the Mavericks did. Um, again, though, like, like I said earlier, like I don't even know who I want to play in that series either. Like obviously I think Phoenix is the better all-around team, but I don't know how we stop Luka. I don't know. Honestly, at this point, whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to root for anything to happen. <laughs> I'd want to play Phoenix because that team's got Chris Paul and Chris Paul is just a historical choker playoff <laughs> choker. As much as I hate to say, he just is. He is. So, I mean, he I definitely is. that is kind of crazy saying that you'd rather play Phoenix than the Dallas. So I don't, I don't know about that. That is a little weird to it's, say. It's, like, it's I, like tough. I was thinking about it and then I say, and I'm like, yeah, actually, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. It's I think you just tough. take your chances with Luca having some off games. Yeah. Um. Right on, man. So, I appreciate you coming on. Um, that's pretty much all we have. We didn't have a lot of NFL stuff to talk about, but I know that you have your own podcast you do. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, me and two of my buddies, uh, we have an NFL podcast that's on Spotify. It's just on Spotify right now, but we're also on TikTok and Twitter. And it is third and long NFL, third with a three. And then I'm also on Twitter. Like my solo Twitter is Rob Williams, HOF, Rob Williams Hall of Fame. So if you could follow me on there, that would be greatly appreciated. But no, Zach, thank you for having me on, man. It was, it was an honor. I appreciate it. Yeah, bro. I appreciate you coming on. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'll definitely have you on again. Um, hopefully, you know, at some point we could talk some NFL too, because I know you're big into NFL. Obviously, mm-hmm. you have your podcast. Um, but man, this this playoffs, is it's been good. It's been fun. And, you know, I'd love to have you on again. Um, yes, sir. Thank you. Everybody out there still listening, I really appreciate it. As always, you know where you can find us. You can find me on Instagram at the nightshift.pod, at TikTok on the nightshift pod, and on Twitter at the nightshift, two T's in the beginning, two T's at the end. Um, I appreciate you staying up to date with all of the stuff out, and out there listening to all the episodes. As always, I have an episode coming out likely every Tuesday night to Wednesday morning. So that's when this one will be up. Go, Warriors. And that'll be it for me. I'm out. Peace. Time out, decide not to use it.